time, would you put your hands together and thank and love on Pastor Hal, Pastor Pam, and Dave Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Here, you can have that. You can have your water. Have your water. It is good to be here and to be a part of uh, the service here. Uh, for the last, this is the third Sunday. Thank you for coming and being a part. All those folks that watch online, thank you for being a part and showing up. And your friends that you'll be able to tell them about your church. You can always point them to Facebook, get a chance to see Christian Center Church online. And uh, that's a great way to introduce them to them. Just a couple quick things. I think your, your uh, pastor is a genius because he is from Ohio, which that's where I'm from, Buckeyes. What made him a genius is he married a gal from Louisiana, like I did, and so that always helps. What you makes makes you look a lot smarter. They have a lot more work than the average uh, wife would have when they become a pastor's wife. I feel is make keeping her husband together, and so I really appreciate it. What a beautiful uh, rendition from uh, Lexus to with the uh, God Bless America in the back of a buddy. I want to tell you, your music here is just uh, doing fantastic. Your worship is amazing. I would encourage you as a pastor has a heart for worship, as you can tell, and his wife, his family, because he was raised in a heart of worship uh, in the church we came from. Mrs. McMasters is here. It's good to see her. Her and her husband invested a lot of time and with Pam and I and uh, part of the legacy of where we are and what's going on in our life. We've been sharing for the last three Sundays the thought about legacy. Legacy is, as you'll see in the top of your notes, you just have a few notes because I want you to write some things that you can use maybe for a devotional later this week or today. But legacy is live what you are living. In other words, are you living the life that you want your kids, your friends, your family to uh, be able to look back and say, Dad acted like this, Mom acted like Grandma did this, Grandpa did that. Doesn't mean you're mistake free. Doesn't mean the pressure of being perfect is there. It means that we have learned how to live a life that is much greater than we are. It's the life of following Jesus Christ. And so as our family sees that, as they uh, see us, how we live, how we walk, it's always good to make sure you ask forgiveness. Because I shared with that, shared that on Father's Day about forgiveness. And then last week about grace. To find that one word in the Bible, one word that you can live your life by the rest of this year, and then next year pick another word. My word is grace, and I'm learning how to be gracious. At least when I'm in traffic, when I go like this, I try to smile and act like I'm singing. (laughs) But there is a time where uh, grace has some strength to it as far as it doesn't wimp out. It just stays in there with us and says, hey, live right, do right, listen right. Amen? And so as we look at this challenge that I have for you that the Lord put in my heart just uh, about 10 days ago to share today, you'll see it's about uh, being a rope holder. You got a little piece of rope when you came in. If you didn't, you can get one when you leave. I encourage you. We're going to use them as bookmarkers. Acts chapter 9. And we're going to go through some different scriptures. You can write them down if, uh, if you can't find them or you're just listening. You want to write down what the verses are. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through uh, 35, through 25. And we're going to, I'm not going to read all those. I'm going to highlight those as I introduce the message about being a rope holder. The challenge is this piece of rope, no way in the world could it hold up somebody my size for sure, somebody the size of your pastor who's shrinking every time I see him, he's shrinking, is that uh, <laughs> it is putting them in a basket. So we're going to see this story. 
But this rope is a reminder for the next year, from now to the next first weekend in July, I challenge you, put it in your Bible, let it become a marker, something, you look, something to look back on. Here it is, Paul, Saul, he comes, and this great mind became a Christian hater, in that he was literally the person who was there standing when Stephen was stoned to death and watching that take place. There in Damascus, here he goes, Saul was holding on to the coat while Stephen was being killed. Verse 3 talks about the light shone. As he fell on the ground, and he, of Acts chapter 9, he fell on the ground and he said, Who are you, Lord? Who are you? He turns his life around because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says, of 9 of Acts says, The Lord, what do you want me to do? Keep in mind, that is a statement that all of us need to make. Lord, what do you want me to do? Some of us have paused thought here. Some of us are going through things that we didn't sign up for. We didn't apply it for the class. We didn't ask God to be in a, enrolled in that school. But for some reason, when we gave our heart to Christ, he now makes those decisions. And the beauty of it is this. God is not in a hurry. He's going to do what he wants to do within our life as only he can do. And when we say yes to him, we enter into a covenant that he is now in charge. And we spend the rest of our lives in preparatory for eternal life. Once again, this is not a message about perfection. This is a message about him working within us and making us and perfecting us who he wants us to be. And that takes time. Ananias comes in verse 10. And 11, and it says, go pray for him. And Ananias prayed, and he received the sight. And Ananias comes, and they take him now to, to the saints in Jerusalem. Ananias, brother Saul. He now immediately, he takes him. And here they are in this big place where, in Damascus, where he's figuring out what is the next steps, what does he need to, need to do. The story now is told, and I'll tell you what it looks like, what it sounds like. They found out that he was there, and those that, the people that he once killed and went after, they are ministering to him and talking to him, but now the crowd is coming to find Saul. They find, they looking all over the place, and some of the believers come. It's really interesting in our world today how Christians can be pushed aside, but when all the life goes split, all of a sudden the church shows up to help out anywhere in the world. When we see this take place, now we see in verse 23, we see that they take Saul, the Spirit of God, comes upon him. And they take this man and they bring him up inside of a wall that's 80 feet high to 100 feet high. That's 8 to 10 stories high. They take him in this, and they put him in a basket. And now they have these men, these people, these guys, holding these ropes as they let him down the side of the wall up to 8 to 10 feet 80 to 100 feet high. The question that we must all answer is, will I sign up to be a, a rope holder? Don't immediately say yes. Understand the commitment. When we see this guy who is Saul, he's put into the basket. He's now being led over the side. Those on the inside want to find him, want to uh, end his life, want to do whatever to him that, that they think is right. Now he needs to get out of there. The key is, who are the rope holders? Let's say there's four of them. And when they come, they're holding these ropes, four things, four things that they do. You'll see them there in your notes. How do you become a rope holder? Who is holding the ropes? Some guys at the Lord who were people who were dependable. 
when we talk about being a rope holder, you have to be dependable. You have to be dependable, show up, come a little early. Remember, your parents taught you, if you're, if you're uh, on time, you're late. I mean, you hold that, heard that when you were a child, a kid, an adult, and your wife tells you every once in a while. Is that you're, when, you're, when you're on time, you're a, little, you're a little late. They showed up. They were dependable. They were kind of people that God could depend on. Not only the people there, but God could depend on. Here's one for you, Exodus chapter 2, 1 through 10, Jochebed. Jochebed, the mother of a baby that was hid, that she hid for three months when they were killing the new babies. And she put him in a basket that was sent down a river. Pharaoh's daughter picked up this baby out of the water in a basket, named him Moses, because she found him in the water. Now here... This whole story about her becomes a powerful story about our lives. That this sacrifice that she made was more important that this life would be taken care of, this person would be taken care of instead of her own. And this now becomes a deliverer of all the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses does all, God brings them through to the crossing of the Red Sea, to everything that took place. Who what really wants to be a rope holder? Don't answer that right now. Just think about it. Who held the ropes? They were people that God could depend on. Rahab, the harlot. Joshua chapter 2, 1 through 16. Two men came knocking on the door. The enemy were trying to get them to kill them. She takes them and hides them in her house. They leave. She comes to them and says, they're going to come back within three days looking again. And those guys were able to go off and do what God had called them to do. Here it is. Who is... The rope holders. Who was, were the rope holders? They were these people that were so dependable. Here's the principle. You'll see it down there at the bottom. The principle is they were not concerned about who got the credit. Number two, it was at night. It's at night when it's cold, dark, or heat unsure of your footing, everything wasn't as equal as we'd like for it to be, it was at night. Jochebed out of Exodus chapter 2, excuse me, verse 1 through 10, Rahab out of Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 through 16, showed what a concern and what a purpose, what a plan, why is that? When did they hold the ropes? It was at night time. How many of all have a problem seeing at night? Do you know it can be night in the middle of a bright day? Yes. Have you ever walked in from the sunlight? Nowadays you can. My eye doctor always tell, asks me every time I go see him, uh, Pastor, do you have sunglasses? I say, yes, I have about three different pair. He said, wear them. <laughs> So there's t- a lot of times I don't wear them because when I get into a building, it's, I can't see, so I take all, have to change them. So I carry my other glasses in my pocket. Invariably, all the guys that are uh, self-righteous like I am sometimes is that uh, I end up leaving them somewhere and I lose them. And I start to say to Pam, where's my glasses? Her response is very lovingly, I don't, I don't wear them. 
if you leave them where you found. So anyway, I walked into a building the other day. It was bright outside. I didn't have my sunglasses on. I walked in, and it got dark in the middle of the sunshiny day. Who are the kind of people that can be dependent on to hold the ropes? Well, they do it at night. When they do it at night, it gets tough. It get, things get dark. Who leaves in the middle of the night? If, there, if you are a rope holder, you, cannot, you and I must say, Lord, help me not turn loose of the rope. Anyone can hold the rope when it's easy, when you're being appreciated, when everybody's saying thank you, when everybody's saying, when you, the, you, at Thanksgiving when you come and there's a big meal and we all eat it, and what do we do? We walk and we go over and sit down, eventually we fall asleep. There's some kind of chemical in a turkey that puts you down to sleep. And then uh, who's, cl- who's cleaning up? The person who made the meal and cleaned up. Where are the rope holders that said, now this Thanksgiving coming up, you got to push mom and grandma a little bit to the side and say, we'll clean up. Make sure they're sitting down so they don't feel like they're having a heart attack. Just, we'll take care of them. It becomes a rope holder. You become a rope holder. When did he hold a rope? When it was dark. Some of us are walking in the daylight right now and you're going through some dark times. Your kids are going through some dark times. There are friends that you love that are going through tough times. And you're praying, you're saying, God, when would my daughter, my son... My grandkids, my brother, my uncle, my mom, my dad. When will they come out of this? The key is to be a rope holder for them. Is to stand guard and to be there in unsure footing and things that we cannot see that in the middle of the day, Saul looks up and he says to these guys, thank you, my friends. Can you imagine? He knows right now that God has delivered him. Let me tell you something. When God delivers you from something, say thank you. Not only God, but those who showed up when other people walked out. Who are the friends that show up when things are not going the best? There are sometimes I wait and I listen to when God tells me to. And sometimes that takes time. Am I holding a rope? Yeah, I'm holding a rope. I'm just giving God the time to work it to the right time. Saul looked up. Thanks, guys. When the names... When their names are called into heaven, they march up to the front. You know what they're going to get? They're going to get, if you'll let me extend it a little bit, a piece of the rope. It said, when everybody else walked away, you four guys showed up as there. Judas. Judas in Matthew chapter 26, verse 15. He's asked, what will it take for you to deliver me, deliver to us this Jesus? He says, 30 pieces of silver. They say to him. 30 pieces of silver. And the deal's done. The thing about Judas being a friend that didn't show up, and you feel like you have some Judases in your life, <clears throat> be careful. We all are challenged at that. And as I look at this whole Judas thing, here is a guy that held, it was the only disciple that held an office. He was entrusted with the money. Then there's a guy by the name of Demas. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Paul is talking to Timothy, and he writes there, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. You're here, you're doing what's right, but maybe your heart is a little bit waned from God. The question was asked me by the Holy Spirit as I was going through this message again this morning, how much Bible reading have you been doing lately? He was talking to me. I thought he wanted me to talk to you about it. He was talking to me. 
It becomes a place of growth. It becomes a place of selling out. It becomes a place of saying, God, change me. Peter, one of the greatest fishermen, he leaves and he says, I'll never forsake you. I'm going to follow you. And a little bit later in a few days, the Bible says that here is Peter. And a damsel, a woman comes out and says to him, as he's warming his hands at the, at the fire of the warmth of the enemy or those who are against Christ, and says to him, you're one of them. And he says, no, he's not. No, I'm not. And he, the Bible says actually that he goes off into the darkness. Who's going to hold the ropes and when will they hold them? Are you willing to hold them during those times? Number three. Number three is this. Why did they hold the ropes? Because they were dependable. Because they were dependable. How do you know? Do you think that one of them wanted to get in the basket? I don't think I would. They probably wouldn't want a guy my size in the basket. (laughs) Psalm 33 verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right. When God speaks, he's looking for dependable people that when they hold the ropes, they say, because I'm dependable. It's nothing they brag about. They show up. 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 They give you a break, and then they come back. Man, they are bugging me. You need somebody to bug you. You need somebody to bug the pastor. Not in an aggravating way, but in a way of saying this. Pastor, we want you to go on vacation and take Leah and your kids. Absolutely. We want them to come back. But the beauty of it is you, got, you get to do those. You don't got to. You get to. I got a call from one of the elders last year because we had talked about this, all of us together, so he gave approval. So one of the elders called here and said to me, Pastor, I need you. We want to talk to you. We want to do, do that sabbatical. We want to do those things for our pastor. What's some thoughts? And we talked about some thoughts. So I was asked some thoughts. I'll be very public. And I said, if this, if this three weeks works for him, it's not really a sabbatical. It's a break. If these, three, if these three works for him every year, make sure he has a piece that it's okay for him to do it from everybody here. Well, what if I die? What if, you'll be fine. <laughs> what do you got to complain about? You're with him. You're with the Lord. Amen. But I want him to do it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll look better than you ever looked in your life. People will say all those things about you, and you'll be fine. But if that's the three weeks, then mark it in a calendar, and here's what happens. Miss Leah then has a piece from all the rope holders. And I'm going to tell you, this is a phenomenal leadership team that's taking place at this church. I'm not just saying something. I am telling you from watching the history of the church and having the honor to speak. I spoke in the beginning times here. I was here during COVID. When COVID was announced, I was here preaching on that Sunday morning. Pam and I got in the car and kept driving. <clears throat> Not that we didn't want to eat the food, because I've, I've gained five pounds in three days. Usually I try to take four in these three visits I've had. And so when you, try to, when you look at it and you start to say, who will do it? Miss Leah then gets a pick out and see, this is strategic, was the best for our family. What happens is, whew, the Holy Spirit peace. I am honored to not only speak here with the people that I love, but I'm honored that the leadership team and the leaders of this church are saying, we're going to be rope holders. We're going to make sure that our staff, our people, that this doesn't happen. Amen? Amen. Amen.
They were faithful. They were faithful. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you fruitful. They, were, they believed in the man of God who was called. Proverbs 18, 24 says he sticks closer than a brother. They would stick close and when people would oppose them and come against them, they would say, peace be still like the storms in the in the uh, Mark 4. Here's the principles. Dependability. <clears throat> Must look like me. When you're a rope holder, you, you raise the expectation, not the bitterness, not the shame on you, not the guilt. I don't believe in doing the shame-guilt thing. That, that is not what life's about. It's about conviction and following Christ. When you look at, that, when you look at this, here's the challenge. It's about dependability must look like me. Dependability must look like you. Must look like the folks that are watching online. Must look like me. When you read that statement, read it some this week. Dependability must look like me. Well, I've put in my time. We need the young ones to take over. No, we need the happy older people to hang around. If you're going to be grouchy, mean, no matter what age you are, just come sit in the pew and get, you know, really try to come to the altar. But it is really, I can say that. I know I don't look a day over 66, but I'm 67 now. Is that if we're not careful, we always push it off. No, no, I want to show up. I want to show up. Hello? Here's number four. Who was in the basket? This teaching, this thought, is really a challenge for our whole church here. Some of you give and a part financially understand the giving principles you've understand, serving principles you understand. You got it. But who was in the basket? It was Saul of Tarsus. But it was really the gospel. It was the good news that when his feet, his body gets out of that basket, it isn't to run and hide in any lifestyle he wanted, but it was to continue with four guys standing up in the top of the thing in the whisper of the night. Have you ever been so in the darkness at night you could whisper and your kids can hear, hear you across the parking lot of church? Joe, How, they don't hear you. And when you, wake, you say, wake up, Joe, no, no. Joe, and they turn around and they come. Here was these guys at the top of the wall saying, go get them. We're for you. Preach the gospel. When you come back into town, you can stay at our house. When you come back into town, you're staying with us. We're for you. We want you to do the best. And can you find out, Pam and I, one time we went on, uh, we went on a break for a couple weeks, and this guy that took us to the air, airport, his name's Alan. And so he drops us off, and before he's helping us with his luggage, and he reaches in his pocket, and he, ha- and he hands me a $100 bill. He said, here, Pastor. I said, no, no, Alan, we're fine. I want you to know the church loves you. Aww. The $100 was great, but I want you to know we're behind you. We're behind you. That's what changes things. Not the hundred, it is the affirmation of what you're doing. So here's Saul, hearing all these things, and Saul came in power of the Holy Spirit. These guys were going to stand with and for him. The man of God who lives and has the hand of God on him, he must, he and his wife and his kids, 
have that kind of respect, have that kind of love. And that, that breathes here. That breath is here. For that, thank you from Pam and I. We stayed at the same church for 38 years, and it changes the whole outlook when, when folks at our church, they were so gracious and appreciate us, is that they, they sort of blow breaths of fresh air on us. What have you got in the basket? It is the gospel. The principle is, is it worth grabbing a hold? Here's what I want to do. I, want, I would like Pam to come and assist me, and uh, this is what I'd like to do. I'm glad, Pastor, the timing of this message is right on because of him being here and his wife and, and his mother-in-law and their, his, his sister-in-law and family and friends that stopped by. They need that. Come on up. I'd like for uh, Pastor and uh, Miss Leah to come up. This is, now you can be a little noisy in here. <laughs> These two, in my conversations with them, in my calling, checking, texting, these two love you all. And they, and they have kids. Did you know that? Yes. <laughs> what happens to boys, they turn into men-looking people faster than the girls do. But once the girls turn into women-looking people, I'm telling you, it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> Hormones are running wild. You know what you need is a few good friends. Yes. It says, I have no stones to throw. Hello? few friends, like about 400 of them. <laughs> 400 to say, Pastor, I want to help out because I think that this fall we could, or sometime, sometime in the year to come or whatever, we could go to two services. Oh, my God, we're going to show up and just have a good time. Yeah. When we start to look at that kind of thing, I say to them, Pam and I are committed rope holders, and we're going to keep our little rope for a year in our Bible, try to chase it. Pam will have to find it for me, like my glasses. <laughs> What's really rough is when she says you're wearing them. You're looking for them. So we're gonna we're gonna say to them, we're here to hold a rope with you. Not physically, about 95, 98 percent of the time, but by phone and by calling, by text, by bugging, by saying we're here, we're for you. We do it with a lot of you, with a lot of folks here. So what we're gonna do is, this rope in no way can hold a basket up, but we're going to use it as an analogy. You hold the rope. Come on. Let the end go off that way. Come this way. Yeah, let the end off because we're unraveling it. Yeah, throw that over there. I didn't explain it good enough. Oh, no, this is good. It's good. you got to have some ad lib. Okay. That's Yeah, the sun got that. Come on, Uncle. You can stand next to him. He's not going to hurt you. <laughs> Leaders that are here, the challenge is today is for you to be continue to be rope holders. You and your spouses here, come on up, and please don't hesitate. Come on up, because i got about 25 more minutes to do this. So come on up. The leaders. Leaders and your spouses, come on up. If your spouse is here, bring them. Bring him or her. Come on and join them. And grab these rope. Grab this rope. Get close because the rope's not long enough. We don't want anybody to fall off the end of the building and nobody hanging on to them. Come on here right next to him. Bring your wife. Go across. Go there. Where is there a spouse? Is it? Here, let's bring it down on the floor down here. No, no, don't do that. Okay. All right. Any other leaders? 
Any other leaders? Now, this is what we're going to do. You count this as your, your church, amen? amen? There's a lot of leaders that are working with children, working with youth right now. Always need more, especially with children. And if you don't have patience, children is not your call, but you can learn patience. That's what the Bible says. Anyway, I would like for Miss Esther to come and Lori to come. Come on up. Hold a rope. I'd like for now all of us to stand. And what we're going to do is, hopefully we run out of rope. What we're going to do is we're going to pray for this couple. There's nothing magical with the rope. But I tell you what, it's life-saving when you're going off the side of a wall that's 10 stories high. It's life-saving if you can't see in the dark and somebody throws a rope for you and pulls you through a cave that you're going through. It's life-saving when things are falling apart and you need something to wrap around it. I would like, I really am asking all those that would, let's climb up here to the top. If you can touch the rope, great. Nothing magical with the rope. Come on up as close as you can. You all kind of go around that way. Where is Alexius? Come on, get a rope, come on. Everybody, come on up. Don't get shy now. We're not giving away any pizzas. We're giving away rope. This is something I envision in my mind to do. And how much rope do you buy? I don't know, but you can come. Get close to each other. You say, well, I don't feel a part of the church. You are now? Yeah, you're in. You're in. Come on up. And if you can't touch the rope, touch somebody. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Come on up here, man. Amen. Here's Faith. Get in there, Faith. If I have any questions, I call Faith. Call for Faith. Well, boy, I tell you what. Here it is. This is something I've been hanging on to, say, 20 years that I saw in a, a little magazine thing, and I cut it out, and I read it. I carry it in my book, carry it in a book, that I, my Bible, and the whole thing. And I'm going to use it to declare this on your pastor and his wife in this church. And in the declaration of this, the declaration is all in the Bible. In, in Numbers chapter 6, verse 23, 26, he says, he declares this and he says, Say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and give, be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. We declare that on the pastor and his wife and the leaders that are here. Elders. Sunday school teachers, people that feel insignificant, people that say all I do is greed, or all I do is that. Don't say all I do. Just say this is what I get to serve at. Amen? You're a rope holder. You're a rope holder for your family. You're a rope holder for your grandkids. You're a rope holder for a neighbor. You're a rope holder for somebody who's going through a tragedy. You're rope holders. You now have ministry that you can go to, uh, you can go to the hospital. You can do those kind of things. Here they are. Here's a de- declaration. Once again, something I've been carrying around. I declare to you, blessed with God's supernatural wisdom, Pastor, Miss Leah. I declare and receive clear, may you receive clear direction for your life. Declare today that you are blessed with creativity, courage, talent, and abundance. You are blessed with a strong will, strong control, and strong discipline. You are blessed with a great family. Good friends, health, faith, favor, fulfillment. You are blessed with success, supernatural strength, 
promotion and divine protection. You are blessed with compassionate hearts and a positive outlook in life. Declare that you that any curse or any negative word that's ever been spoken over you in the history of your life be broken right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that everything you put your hand to do is going to prosper and succeed. Declare it today and every day in Jesus' name. We declare Luke 2.52 that this church, these young people, these children, these workers, these folks, those that feel left out or those that feel they're doing too much. God, in the name of Jesus, Luke 2.52, that Jesus grew in stature with wisdom, with God and man, that they'll have destiny meetings, that people in this church will have destiny meetings, and there'll be meetings where somebody needed to hear about Jesus. Well, let me go get my pastor. No, you speak the word to them. You speak the life to them. You see them in the hospital. You give a report how they're doing better. And if they go to be with Jesus, we're going to celebrate along with their family the celebration of life. You go share with them. And the Father, in Jesus' name, We pray that this building becomes full of rope holders. Rope holders. That pastor will challenge guys to to improve their speaking, improve their time that they can share on Wednesdays, improve their time they can share or preach a message, improve that the folks that he sets as men or women, that he expresses that. Father, I pray that you will have uh, Miss Leah in the right places of ministry because she can do a whole lot of different ministries. From preaching... To cleaning bathrooms, to telling children, to seeing how the grass needs to be cut, to see what walls need to be cut. She can do a whole lot of things. God, to keep it together. But Father, I pray that this whole, her whole lot of things will continue to focus on Pastor Jason. We'll continue to focus on her kids along with them together. And we say productivity, not busyness, will come out of their kids, but productivity. And God, give them words to speak life to them. And everyone that is here in this building or watching online, that they'll have the right words, we declare, to speak over their children and to talk to the children no matter what age they are. Sometimes it's being silent. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will use them to be a touch to this community, that people in this community will ask them to say, what do you think we should do next in our community? And Father, let this be a church about the community. About the community. The community here in the house and the community in the places in the houses that live here. Bless every pastor and every church in this community. Yes, Lord. God, bless the leadership of this community. In Jesus' name, use them. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Father, I pray over this uh, body of believers, those that are watching online. Father, I pray that they'll understand giving and understand the sacrificial giving. I pray, God, that you will use them and speak to them. God, that there's no mountain that cannot be climbed. But God, you're getting them in shape to do something bigger than you than they could ever imagine. I pray, God, for those that have broken dreams about their children, broken ideas that have come up, broken, that you will bring a mending in Jesus' name. That you will bring a mending together with them that in all ways they'll be able to be stronger in you. I pray for their children's children, God. They worry about them. God, we cast of our worry and care upon you because we're rope holders. And God, we're going to hold a rope for them. 
And we're going to just speak softly. We're going to be still. Those guys on that wall never said a word. They just held the rope. And God, when the, when the task was done, they celebrated what the gospel did. And to this day, nobody knows who, they're, they're, who those guys are except for you. And Father, in Jesus' name, there are prayer warriors in this church that have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and asked and asked and asked and asked and gave and gave and gave and gave. God, in Jesus' name, we pray, God, that we will speak as 1 Corinthians 1.10 says the same thing, that there's no divisions, no breaking in the rope, no giving up on our holding the rope. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap offering. Amen. You can let go of the rope. Let go of the rope. Go to rope. Don't let it burn your hands, please. Hang on to your piece of rope. If you didn't get any, let us know. We'll cut you some. Please use it as a marker in your Bible for this year. And we'll see what takes place from this first Sunday in July to this first Sunday of 2024. Thank you. What's your name? Caleb. How old are you, Caleb? About to be 11. Wow, I'm about to be 70 pretty soon. Don't leave. Here's what I'd like to share with you. I'll turn on the mic. exciting thing for Pam and I personally is this. 52 years ago this week, I was sitting on my front porch on a Saturday night and these three guys, Mike, uh, Rich, and uh, Steve came by and they started talking to me. I was 15 years old. Um, I didn't have a dad, had two older brothers, had a fantastic mother. We didn't go to church. And they shared with me the gospel. It took them about six or seven hours to get it over to me. But I accepted Jesus this week in 1971, 52 years ago. And it is truly a blessing to be with folks that uh, are very kind to Pam and I. And it's good to be here with a, co- uh, with a fellow Buckeye. Just throw that out. Praise the Lord. How many enjoyed pa- uh, Pastor Hal's ministry? Come on, let's, let's thank him for pouring into us and being
had my thermometer in there, and, and here's my barnyard philosophy. Pastor Hal mentioned, and it's something that just clicked in me in the moment. He mentioned in the beginning of his message that God is not a God that gets in a hurry. We love microwave faith, don't we? We do. We love microwave to see God. I pray it, and I want to see it the next moment or the next day or the next day. Long story short, I was starting to get a little exasperated because... When you cook those, I have a thermometer that's in it, and it's supposed to reach 195 before it's done. Well, it got stuck at 175, and I could not get that to go any higher. And then when I Googled it and tried to find out why, it was something called, when you, when you smoke meat, it's called a plateau. And in our spiritual lives, sometimes we hit a plateau. In our churches, sometimes we hit a plateau. And listen, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I had to get up. I'd set my alarm. I'd get up every hour to check it. At 2.30 in the morning, I was breaking up pork in my kitchen, you know, y'all. But listen to me. This is literally what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me at that moment when I was sleepy-eyed and didn't want to be doing it, but I had to take care of it so we could eat later on today. And the Lord said that sometimes the best things take a little bit longer. You just hang in there, church. You hang in there what you're believing God for because here's what he spoke to my heart. He isn't finished yet. So I want you to go with the word in your heart and hold the road, be dependable, be faithful, be somebody that can be counted on and understand that, that even though some things may seem to take, we've cried out for a lot of things in this church that I have not seen yet. But I want to tell you, coming off a little break that we had, thank you for it again. I want to tell you, God is not done with Christian Center Church. He's just getting started to reach our community, and he is not done. The best sometimes takes a little bit longer. Amen. Leah's going to do her announcements, and as soon as she's done, consider yourself dismissed this morning. And go in the name of the Lord, and be blessed. This Wednesday, we're going to continue our uh, July 4th celebration. We're going to have a little, I know it's July the 5th, but we're going to have a little... Um, 4th of July celebration instead of our regular share. So we're going to be grilling hamburgers and hot dogs, normal church time, 630. So usually don't come on Wednesday. Come this Wednesday and enjoy some fellowship. We might set off some fireworks. I think Jason, he loves fireworks. So he's checking in the fireworks. But we're going to have ham- the church is going to provide the hamburgers and hot dogs. It'll be a great time of fellowship. Bring some barbecue sides, whatever you want. Usually eat for 4th of July. Bring some sides. That's here in the fellowship hall. At 6.30, bring your whole family. We'll have a fun night together. And then this Friday, which is the 7th, starts our Empty Nesters Bible Study. You don't have to be an empty nester, but it's an adult Bible study kind of designed for those your kids are busy and going. You're free on Friday night. It's a 10-week Bible study beginning at this Friday at 6 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Bring some finger foods. They're going to have a time of fellowship before you start the Bible study sentence for 10 weeks. And that is beginning this Friday the 7th at 6 p.m. Can't believe it's July already. Stand with me this morning. I'll bless you as we go. And mainly I'm going to pray that... If you do like fireworks, you come back with all of your appendages in your fingers. Can I pray that over us this morning? That's why I'm not sure about the fireworks. I have to check with the elder board because I almost blew my eye out when we did them a few years ago. So we need to, we need to, we need to just get permission before we do that. But if you can come this coming Wednesday, we're just going to have a good old fellowship and share hamburgers, hot dogs. Be a good time. Come if you can. Be safe on the fourth. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless the people of God. Father, we're already blessed as we come in, and God, we're blessed as we go from their presence and your holy word that has found its place in our heart. God, I pray 
your hand would be upon all of us here and all those traveling and all those out in the water, all across this area. Father, we pray your divine protection upon each family, each person, each heart, each life. God, may you bring us back together at your appointed time, healthy, blessed, smiling, and ready to win this community for Jesus. Lord, we love and praise you. Bless Pastor Hal and Pam, Father, for their ministry here at Christian Center Church over these last few weeks. Father, we pray your richest blessings over their lives and ministry. God, as they go from here today, Father, may you continually be with them and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. Be blessed. Go in the name of the Lord, church. Love you. Nobody told they love you today. Your pastor loves you. Go in the name of the Lord.